Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning, good morning. Have you ever visited Hawaii? Have you ever been to the island of Maui? Um, Did you visit uh, the historic capital town of Lahaina while you were there? Have you ever dreamed of doing so? Um, That dream turned into a living nightmare uh, night before last. So just as you and I wrapped up our conversation here yesterday, people in Lahaina... It's, uh, you know, five hours uh, time difference between uh, central, the central time zone in the United States of America and, uh, and Hawaii. So as you and I were wrapping up our conversation yesterday, people in Lahaina, so, you know, between 3 and 5 a.m. local time there, were fleeing for their lives. Um, so... It's dry this time of year on the western side of the island of Maui, and um, so they had a lot of uh, a lot of rain that produced a lot of vegetation earlier in the year. That vegetation is now very dry, and um, winds from a hurricane hundreds of miles away actually pushed what were small wildfires up into a frenzy, and those wildfires moved through the middle of the historic capital town of Lahaina. And boat captains could not get to the marina, so fishing charters burned where they were moored. Um, Families could not get to their loved ones, and those who could not run did not survive. The Coast Guard had um, uh, had to keep helicopters on the ground because of the smoke. Um, Neighboring marinas mobilized private boats, to send people to pluck their northern neighbors out of the sea because people had run to get away from the raging wall of fire that consumed their town just before the break of day. So we now know that hundreds of homes and businesses um, literally burned to the ground. They are, they are ash when you look at the pictures. And the count this morning of lives lost is 36. But um, that grim total will probably rise. Hospitals are uh, loaded with burn victims, and the state of Hawaii is asking people not to get on airplanes and head their way. They cannot accommodate tourists, as you could imagine. So yesterday afternoon, I walked into an appointment, and uh, you know the young woman who greets me every time I enter this particular office, uh, she greeted me, and she was watching videos on her social media feed. Um, and I think I just said, you know, because I could hear and see what she was watching. It's just so awful. And let me tell you, she didn't hesitate. She did not hesitate. She looked me straight in the eye and said with, like, conviction and very real concern, like, very real concern. Do you know the Bible talks about things like this? Like, these kinds of things 
happen and these kinds of things are going to happen and people need to be ready for death to come like a thief in the night and kill and destroy. That's who the enemy is, she said. She says, God's not making it happen, but God wants to use it to wake people up and get their attention. And she looked right at me and she squared me up and she said, does God have your attention? She never, she never flinched. I mean, I, I mean, you can imagine my response because even as like I could fear, feel tears filling my eyes early as she started to speak because I was just so in, strangely encouraged. But I also had this, you know, broad smile on my face by the time she actually said, does God have your attention? And I said, yeah, you know, I, he does. God does have my attention. And I'm so grateful that you were so ready to ask me that. I said, you know, thank you. Thank you for being so ready to ask that question. She checked me in for my appointment. She returned to her videos. I mean, it literally, it happened in an instant. I mean, the whole, the whole thing took, you know, what, 30, 30 seconds. But it left me with a great assurance that Christians are actually ready to ask people the hard questions and to connect what's going on in the world with an eternal reality. So um, I know sometimes we're afraid to just jump in and ask people, like, does God have your attention? But that's a good question to ask people today. Does God have your attention? Our Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Proverbs chapter 12, verses 25 and 26. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. So where are you leading people today and what kinds of questions are you ready to ask? And could you just ask somebody today, does God have your attention? Our friend Ben Johnson joins us next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, our friend Ben Johnson is back. You can find what he's working on at WashingtonStand.com. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Carmen. This is a very, very troubling story um, that you and I have now uh, both both read. Um, comes out of Melbourne. Could you read us in on this? Uh, disturbing is indeed the word for it. Uh, a 38-year-old woman uh, had a... She was uh, having a, a surgery to... Uh, 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 attempt to uh, identify as a male and uh, back this was during uh, 2021 and after the uh, after she uh, had the uh, uh, procedure completed she was told that to her surprise she had been pregnant and uh, they had to perform a hysterectomy uh, as part of the uh, part of the uh, procedure so she ended up losing uh, what uh, what was a, a second trimester child uh, according to the story, she had tremendous regret. Uh, she she wanted the child after she had found out about it. She did not know she was pregnant. Uh, she thought that uh, she was having reflux, and in fact, it was morning sickness. So uh, she uh, has uh, she continues to uh, to deal with the uh, the problem here, even two years later, having lost her child. Uh, she she continues to mourn that child. Uh, she is asked now that uh, if anyone is having this kind of an operation, that they test to be sure that uh, the person uh, who who is undergoing this, uh, the woman is not pregnant. Uh, so that's uh, that's the one thing that uh, she has uh, uh, tried to make a change for. But uh, it, it's it's tremendously troubling, uh, as you say. 
I mean, so so many questions are provoked, and I think that you know the confusion in which we live, um, not just here in the United States, but around the world, in relationship to this delusion that women could become men or men could become women, um, and could deny the reality that they are, in fact, in this case, a biological female, um, and so you know you you can imagine the conversation where the the requirement should be, um, is there any chance that you are pregnant? But if a person believes they are a man, then the answer to that question is no, even if biologically the answer is yes. And, and subjecting an individual to a test that they do not believe they should be having because it is a test that should only be... You see, you see this, you, you see the delusion spiral here and the challenge um, that we face when as a culture, we have um, not just bought into, but we have now created a system of support surrounding people who are operating out of the delusion that they are, in fact, not male or female um, based on biological reality. And well, so, this, is, yeah. uh, this is true, as you mentioned, across, across the, uh, the entire sphere here. Uh, this is part of the Anglosphere, of course, in, in Australia. But uh, oh, you and your words, you and your words, the Anglosphere. Mm -hmm. That's a that's just that's an early morning. It's a it's an early morning time to have such a word like Anglosphere. Ben, (laughs) now you'll have to unpack the word of the day that you've just introduced. Introduced. What is the Anglosphere? The the English speaking world, and and uh, I I at the last moment substituted that for Oceania. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, proceed, friend. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, not at all. But uh, actually, you were talking about how uh, people have uh, so identified with a particular point of view that they they begin to lose sight of scientific reality. Uh, There was a story I did probably seven or eight years ago when I was at LifeSite News. Uh, Planned Parenthood has a uh, an app that you can ask questions on, and they also had an accompanying website. One of the questions that I spied on there was uh, about a, a woman who wrote in saying that it was a teenage girl, I should say, not a woman. But uh, she was sexually active, and she wanted to know, since the person she was active with identifies as a woman, could she get pregnant? Uh, and and she was apparently asking in all seriousness. So people have, have lost sight of, of basic scientific facts because they believe that uh, it can be overridden by a higher uh, desire on their part. Uh, I, I think uh, if if we want the silver lining on uh, this morning on on the the Melbourne story, at least uh, one of the things that that underscores is how precious life is. Uh, no matter what what condition someone's heart is or their mind is or their relationship with Christ, when she found out that she had lost a child she didn't know she had, she was naturally attached. She had natural maternal instincts that were manifesting themselves. She loved the child and she mourned the child. Mm. Such a cause um, for for prayer and for us to be just really honest um, with one another and the culture in which we live. We're going to continue our conversation with Ben Johnson here in just a moment. We've been talking over the course of the last several days about all eyes in the nation being on Ohio. They had one issue to vote on. We talked about uh, that one issue changing how they amend their state constitution. I reported yesterday that um, the, the referendum was defeated. So the uh, the Ohio state constitution continues to be subject to change by a 50% plus one 
um, vote of the people, and that is going to have um, that's going to have an almost immediate impact when people of Ohio go to vote in November uh, to amend their constitution to enshrine a right to abortion. So we're going to continue that conversation here with Ben Johnson in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. As we consider the life of Jesus and the life of the first generation of Christians, reading here the book of Acts and all the letters to the Christians in the New Testament, we see people who like wake up. They come to see and understand and then receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And it changes everything. We see Christians then telling other people about the good news and inviting them to respond in repentance, be baptized, and follow Jesus. The movement of Christianity grows person by person and then exponentially as people walking in darkness receive the light of Christ and want others to know what they know and have what they have. Well, you and I are living in dark days. People need light. And Jesus is the light of the world today in the same way that he was the light of the world at the beginning of creation and at the first Christmas and throughout his life on earth and in his radiance now at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is the light of the world. So if you're walking in darkness of any kind today, I invite you to consider Jesus. If you'd like to know more about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ or to chat with someone about it, just text the word FAITH to 41224. All right, I'm now taking uh, I'm now taking bids for the production of an item of merchandise. We're going to call it the Ben Johnson Word of the Week Flip Calendar. Fifty two old words that are new to you. Mm-hmm. So I'd like your inspiring ideas of what that might look like and how we might produce it. Because each time Ben Johnson is on, he brings forward um, in just his own regular parlance. He offers up a word that it's it's, it's ordinarily an old word. But it's new to many of us. And so uh, today's word is Anglophile. If you missed it earlier, you can listen to the podcast at MyFaithRadio.com. Um, all right. So uh, oh, it wasn't Anglophile. It was Anglosphere. Anglos- Anglophile would be another good word <laughs> that he might bring us at some other point in time. We're talking with Ben As Johnson. You can... <laughs> I wondered if you were going to catch that. Um, we, uh, we're talking with Ben Johnson. We, we love talking with you, Ben. Uh, you can read what Ben's writing at WashingtonStand.com. Uh, you live in Ohio, so we thought we would catch up with you on this uh, development this week in the state of Ohio. It does have national implications because I think that it reminds all of us that although we imagine something might be a good idea, putting forward a referendum that would allow the people to vote directly on something, um, yeah, sometimes that doesn't work out the way that um, that some had hoped. So can you talk with us a little bit about politics being downstream from culture? And if you're not reading the culture right, you might get the politics wrong. Well, exactly. A case like this, uh, is, as you mentioned, uh, apparently you, you already talked a little bit about the, the outcome. It was not uh, a good one on Tuesday. Uh, it was fairly overwhelming, 57% uh, as of the the unofficial percentages that I've seen uh, in the state of Ohio voted against issue one. Uh, essentially, issue one would say, uh, 
if you want to amend the U.S. the state constitution, I should say, the state of Ohio in its constitution, you would need 60% of voters to vote in favor. Right now, it's a bare majority, 50% plus one. Uh, That's under a 1912 law uh, that was adopted uh, a very long time ago. We've had many constitutional amendments passed by more than 60%. Uh, It was portrayed as though 60% were some unreachable threshold. But in fact, last November, we had a, a referendum restricting voting to uh, only U.S. citizens, and that that reached 77% of uh, voters. Uh, There was a marijuana legalization referendum a few years ago, and uh, about two out of three people voted against legalizing marijuana, so it's not impossible. But uh, that was essentially the way that it was looked at. It was also portrayed as taking away uh, the voice of the people. And it was introduced, as you say, because there's another referendum coming this coming November uh, on the issue uh, that um, has passed in neighboring Michigan and a few other states saying that there is a right to abortion in the state constitution. And the way that it's worded, uh, it mentions an individual, not an adult, having a right to reproductive issues, including abortion, but it says it's not limited to that. So theoretically, it could establish a right for underage people uh, to have everything up to and including uh, gender transition surgery uh, at, uh, before they are 18. And since it would be a constitutional right, uh, there would be no parental notification, let alone consent. Uh, so that's, that's the concern. This was done in order to try and uh, head that off uh, and, and to raise the bar uh, to assure that uh, this referendum would not pass. Uh, ultimately, uh, it, it, it didn't succeed. As you say, a state referendum or a, a pure democracy is sort of sort of like Google. Uh, essentially, mm-hmm. it will reflect whatever you are searching for. It will reflect the state of the person uh, who is who is uh, operating. And when it comes to a, a pure democracy, 50 percent plus one, uh, it's a barometer of for how people are feeling, how they approach the issues, how spiritually attuned they are. And uh, in, in this issue, I, I think that, A, it was a little bit too remote from uh, another issue, the issue of abortion. Uh, the issue of abortion will be clearer, but um, uh, that, will, that will certainly uh, be a, a very close referendum. Uh, the, other, the other side essentially outspent, uh, according to the figures from the Dayton Daily News, about 10 to 1 on the official campaign. So that was a factor. But ultimately, it's, it's an issue of if you offer people a choice— uh, it will ultimately reflect what their values are. So uh, that's why it's so important for us to continue to communicate the gospel, continue to communicate the reality of what it means to be a Christian, uh, about how to think, how to how to think as a Christian and approach global affairs, national and public affairs, the way that a Christian would through the eyes and the lens of the gospel. I want to touch on um, here the piece that you have posted right now at WashingtonStand.com, When the Transgender Movement Kills. Um, ben, what's the most, um, what's the most common um, ploy that transgender activists use to bully parents into um, approving a gender transition for their child? They tell people that if they don't, quote-unquote, affirm their transgender child's choice— that child will end up committing suicide, and they ask the same question. Would you rather have a living son if they have a daughter or a dead daughter? Ultimately, so, where that comes down in this it, in this movie... It, uh, 
yeah, tell us about the movie because I think that um, people are going to be very, very interested in this. And um, um, and again, I think one of the challenges that that we face is sort of like when to watch. And so I'm going to say to you as um, as adults, as people who are concerned about this issue, it's definitely time for you to watch whether or not you share this content with a person who is struggling um, with their gender identity. I think that is a question of discernment and wisdom. But um, but those of us who need equipping, this is one to watch. So what what is it and where do people find it? It certainly is. It's produced by the Epoch Times and it's called Gender Transformation, The Untold Realities. Uh, the most heartbreaking story by far is the story of Abigail Martinez. Her daughter, Yaley, uh, has her story um, acted out as a, a drama throughout this. So it's considered technically a docudrama, but it's it's a true story. The details, for the most part, are simply people who have been affected by the transgender movement sharing their stories. Yaley began to identify as transgender after she had become part of an LGBT uh, group that uh, was meeting on her school campus. And ultimately, uh, her friends whisked her away, uh, took the took the license plates off of their cars so that they couldn't be traced. When she was finally located, uh, she had told uh, Los Angeles County authorities that uh, her mother would not I would not affirm her identity as a male now, and so the mother was accused of abuse. Uh, the the child was placed in a group home. Ultimately, long story short, when she was 17, this young girl, uh, her friends had abandoned her. Uh, she was by herself, and uh, she said, the, the transition has not worked as I thought it would. No matter what I do, I'll never be like my brother. And when it was all said and done, she stepped in front of a train, took her own life as a result of her experiment, uh, trying to become something that she was never intended to be. Gender Transformations, the Untold Realities, you um, you should read Ben's entire piece at WashingtonStand.com, um, When the Transgender Movement Kills, and you can find um, the docudrama if you're you're interested in connecting with that um, at the Epic uh, Epoch, what do you, how did you say it? I even think you said it a third I, I, way. I, I've heard them pronounce it Epoch, it could be Epic Times, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah. E P O C H for those of you looking for um, looking for it, um, Ben. As always, thank you so much. This is um, this is an important conversation for us to be having, and families listening right now are engaged in this conversation. And this is a a good equipping tool um, to prepare parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles who are concerned um, about our kids. So thank you so much. Well, thank you as always for the conversation. God bless. Likewise, that's Ben Johnson. You can find him at WashingtonStand.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. You have likely heard that uh, and maybe experienced that there is a labor shortage in America. Unemployment rate is low. Um, Construction and manufacturing lead times. Let's say uh, you want to build a multi-story building and you want it to have air conditioning, there is like a 30 to 36 month lead time uh, on getting that um, that roof top unit for your building. 30 to 36 months for commercial air handlers. Um, and that's not just because the people aren't available to install them. It's because the people aren't available to make them. And so uh, we got to have people building component parts, and then we got to have people making sure that the trucks and the ships and the trains that bring the parts to the places 
where those things need to be installed and then the people to install them and then the people to fix them, all of that. Uh, and, and in the meantime, we got to have the people to lay the pipe that the government has paid for in its latest infrastructure, uh, infrastructure Investment Act. So all of this um, leads us to conversations about the trades and um, industry and who is willing to do the work. So um, manufacturers, uh, people in the industry are working uh, on their end of this uh, supply problem. And it's not just supply chain in terms of things. It's supply chain in terms of skilled labor. So high schools across the country working on it as well. Our friend Dave Haytag has been uh, concerned about this and working on this for some time. He lives in Wisconsin. We have talked with him on prior occasions. He uh, he has a company called Edgerton Gear. He's also the author of Good Work and Craftsman with Character, which is a high school program that uh, that puts skilled Christians into direct relationship with uh, with high school students and. Not only do they learn a trade, they um, they learn what it means to be a person of genuine, um, godly character. So we thought it'd be fun to have Dave back. And when we asked Dave to come back, he told us a great story um, about how his world has been turned upside down in the past six months. Because come to find out, the things that they're doing in Craftsmen with Character is of interest uh, in terms of national security. Mm-hmm. The whole Navy! wants what Dave's got. We've got him today. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Dave Haytag is back. You can find him at Edgerton Gear. He's the author of Good Work and Craftsman with Character. Um, The Good Work book is definitely one you want, how blue-collar business can change lives, communities, and the world. Dave, good morning. Carmen, great to have you be with you again, I should say. Yeah, no, thank you. It's it's, it's great for you to have me back in uh, in Wisconsin. <laughs> right. Apparently, there's bears roaming around in Green Bay, and that is a different story. But like actual bears, and I feel like the people of Green Bay it probably makes them nervous that actual bears are roaming around because they don't you like know, bears. I, well, well, that's true, especially if they're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> totally, what I was thinking. All right, that is uh, that has nothing to do with the conversation you and I are going to have. But, you know, sometimes that's the way conversations start. So um, when we reached out to you, we found out that you've had a very, very interesting six months, not just because your family is growing and we celebrate that, but because the Navy has drafted you. What is going on? You know, this this whole idea of character development and uh, just being good people is an issue of national security. And I really didn't realize that until I was in a meeting with a bunch of other manufacturers and we're all struggling to figure out, you know, who's the next generation coming into our businesses because we have this aging demographic and manufacturing the skilled trades and a, a representative from the U.S. Navy submarine industrial base was sitting in this meeting and explaining what we're trying to do with craftsmen with character, getting kids in from high schools, um, kids who are tacit learners, kids who aren't going to go to four year universities, but who are brilliant in so many ways, getting them into the skilled trades and manufacturing. And this woman turns to me and she goes, okay, I have one question. And I said, yes. And she goes, what do you need to take this nationally? Uh, and I just stuttered. I looked at her and I just deer the headlights and said, what do you mean? And she said, this is an issue that we're dealing in with our, our manufacturers that supply the U.S. industrial base that actually builds submarines. Manufacturers across the country 
are struggling with finding good young people coming into the trades and manufacturing. So we actually signed a, a, a contract with them to help take it nationally to get it in schools. We're not recruiting people for the Navy. We're recruiting students to get into the manufacturing and skilled trades world. Yeah, it's this it's it's not necessarily like that at the very end of the supply chain we yeah. we can meet the need. We have got to start developing the people way down at the other end. Um <laughs> So that yeah. they will be men and women of character. Um, God's already put in them, you know, this design for, you know, having a passion for building things and making things and creating exactly. things and improving things and maintaining things, you know, on and on and on and on and on. But they need to be men and women of character so that when the opportunities are presented to them, they can not only take on these jobs, but do them with with excellence and expertise, because these are precision I mean, they're, they're precision jobs. I want nuclear submarines to have good parts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, 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 you know, character, what God calls us to, to be people of goodness, it's a real thing. Our civilizations can, our businesses cannot survive without it. And we mm-hmm. look around across our society and everything I have in my room right now, everything the military has, everything that we take for granted as far as luxuries and necessities, somebody built those things. And so we need people that know how to build things excellently, right? They need to show up mm-hmm. and have a passion for it and have a, a desire for integrity and quality and excellence. And I never really connected the dots that this is an issue for our country to thrive. We need those kind of people. We need massive numbers of those people. So thank God for the Navy that they said, hey, we want to help you expand it and get into the public high schools even and realizing that character is a real thing that we all need. Craftsman with Character um, is the program. If you want to check it out, craftsmanwithcharacter.org. Um, there would be a way there for you to connect with Dave and um, and his crew if you want to talk about bringing it um, into your own community. Dave, one of the things that I know is of, of concern and is addressed is that there's this, there's this like gap of mm-hmm. a sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. And um, can you talk about that? Can you talk about how that self-worth gap can be filled as young people, not just gain knowledge about a potential mm-hmm. career, but they get to be in relationship with an experienced mentor who genuinely cares about them as a person. So I think we have to go back to the way God created us, that every person on the planet has this deep, deep need besides our our necessities of food, shelter, and and water is purpose and relationships, a deep Mm -hmm. sense of purpose and being in community with healthy relationships. And I look at these, these high school students, and you know, if you take an average class of freshman high school students, say a thousand of them, Less than 35% are actually going to get a four-year college degree, right? But mm-hmm. yet our educational system is all bent towards you got to go to a four-year college degree, you know, get go to four-year university. So these kids are getting this message over and over that if they're not going to a four-year university, they really don't matter. They don't fit in. They don't have a much of a purpose. And our educational system is kind of like foster care, that if you're not going to a four-year university at 18, you're done. We we write you off. You go, you're on your own. Well, that's a critical, critical time for these young people to be mentored, to have direction, purpose, support. 
And so our program is really, it, it's a very old, simple model, but it, it's putting older people together with younger people to provide that guidance and, and support. When we teach our class, I'm stunned at the m- number of kids. When I tell them, I look them in the eye and say, you know, you're some, you're some of the smartest kids on the planet because you know how to build stuff. These are the shop kids that are typically in our tech ed departments. Um, but they get this message that they don't matter. Tech ed is, you know, second class because you don't, you're not smart enough to do anything else. And I asked this last class I just had this spring, I said, when I first told you at the beginning of the class that you're some of the smartest kids on the planet, what did you think? They said, we thought you were crazy because we've never been told that we never have been believed that we had anything to offer, but yet they're, they're phenomenal. They're brilliant. And by the end of the semester, by hooking them up with with mentors who care for them in the workplace and look at them and recognizing their giftedness and their intelligence and their passion, you just see that self-esteem just start to come out and, and thrive and flourish. And these kids now can be world changers. And we have we have an army of them out there. There's thousands upon thousands of these kids that just need to be affirmed by us older people who we have a mandate to bless them and encourage them, affirm them. Uh, and just to support them on life's path. Um, I'm I'm thinking right now about a form that just came home um, from our public high school. And one of the things that, you know, you're supposed to check off on the list is, you know, hey, this year when military recruiters come come to campus, you know, is it okay if your kid interacts with them? There's also one, you know, when college recruiters come to campus, is it okay for your... There's no question on there about, like, a job fair or uh, when, uh, I mean, there, there's nothing on the form that, and, and I live in a rural community where the overwhelming majority of kids in our high school yeah. are not going to go to college. Um, yep. And so I put that down. I'm like, why is there not like, you know, why aren't we talking about technical education and why are we not talking about um, moving from high school right into, yes. you know, right into an opportunity in our community um, because yeah. they do exist, and so, all right. Now you've given me you've given me an idea about how I might engage in that conversation here at my very, very, you know, very local setting. Um, one well, of the things that yeah. oh, go ahead. Well, well, what we don't understand is that modern civilization would not exist without us manufacturers and skilled tradespeople. You know, who's going to flush your toilet or fix your toilet? Who's going to keep the lights on? Who's going to provide all the all the things that we enjoy every day? And educators need to understand that. And, you know, we lost an entire generation of tech ed to kids because high school started closing tech ed classes back in the 1990s. So thank God people are waking up and realizing, yeah, there's some fantastic careers for these kids. And they're not just great careers, but they're life-giving senses of purpose um, that these kids just thrive in. So Way to go, Carmen. I mean, I, I, I pray that across the country, parents would go to our high schools and say, hey, you know, let's get our kids in these other jobs that you don't need a four-year degree, that you don't have to go in tremendous debt, that manufacturers and skilled trades will pay for that education and really get these kids on a great career path, life path. All right. Um, we're talking with Dave Haytag. If you want more resources and you want to um, see what's going on in uh, in this area, go to craftsmanwithcharacter.org. The book is Good Work, How Blue Collar Business Can Change Lives, Communities, and the World. Um, what's on the list of trades we need? I think let's talk about that next. I'm thinking construction, mm-hmm. HVAC, electrical, plumbing, mechanical, auto body, diesel engine maintenance and repair, 
um, all of which are essential before we start talking about people who might be employed to manufacture solar panels, wind turbines, semiconductors, Mm -hmm. all the things in the CHIPS Act or the infrastructure plan. Like, we actually have to have roads built and plants constructed and pipe laid and cable laid before other people could actually be hired to make the things. So can we talk about sort of the the pipeline of people um, next? Okay, that would be great. All right, we're talking with Dave Haytag. um, Again, uh, craftsmanwithcharacter.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, I'm going to really quickly give you the Charles Murray coming apart quiz. Have you ever walked a factory floor? These are yes or no questions. Won't be hard. Have you ever had a job that caused something to hurt at the end of the day? Have you ever bought a pickup truck? Have you gone fishing in the last five years and cleaned your own catch? Have you recently eaten at Denny's, IHOP, or Cracker Barrel? Since leaving school, have you ever worn a uniform? Have you ever taken a long bus ride because it was your only option? What does Branson mean to you, Missouri or Richard? So these are the questions in, um, in a survey that a guy named Charles Murray did. It's, uh, um, it, it's, it, it, the book is called Coming Apart, and it's about the divide that we experience in in white America, um, we are living separate lives. There is opportunity loss, um, and proximity matters. Those are my takeaways from um, from Charles Murray's sort of assessment of where we are in the culture today. Um, a guy named Raj Chetty from Harvard does a similar thing um, with zip codes and social media influence. Um, Dave Haytag is here today. He's living this reality at Edgerton Gear. He's the author of Good Work. Um, and heads up Craftsman with Character. You can find him and these resources at craftsmanwithcharacter.org. Um, my guess is, Dave, you did pretty well on that quiz. <laughs> I was just listening. I'm like, I, yes. Yeah, I answered yes to every one of those. Wow. But you probably know people who would answer no to almost every one of those. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so and, that's and, and the right. division. Yeah. That's like the division in thinking. They, and so yep. this, we got to get proximate to one another, and we have to recognize that other people are living a very different reality than we are. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about the guys right now who are putting together the cabs for um, the big, um, uh, the big green tractors. They're not really tractors, but the giant John Deere equipment. Like the guys building those cabs are listeners. And so, yeah. good morning, gentlemen. Um, yeah. And that there's a guy on that factory line who listens to the show 
And it inspired him to put together like a five-minute encouraging podcast for the guys on the line because that's about how long they have to listen to something encouraging during their break. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So talk, talk with us about this shift of mind that needs to happen, um, that manufacturing is a career. It's a good career. It's not a job. It's, um, yeah. it, it can yeah. be a way that you use all the gifts, talents, abilities that God gave you and how he wired you to really live well. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm a blue collar guy and I love blue collar folks because again, we're the, we're the folks that keep the world functioning. And I was just reading in Genesis this morning, you know, when God gives us the creation mandate, he, he, he tells us to make the world flourish. Well, that just doesn't happen sitting around in your room and in, in your basement playing video games. It's actually those of us who are using our hands and, and our minds and our hearts, you know, to really create and put things together to invent things, to, to manufacture things. And, you know, it, it, it's gotten to the, the, to, to the degree that the U.S. Navy has, and, and I encourage your listeners to look up buildsubmarines.com. The, the Navy is actually active recruiting people to say, look, you matter. You folks who know how to build and fix and create things, we need you because there is there is an existential threat from, you know, we're, we're living in a, in a world where there's some evil out there. Our military cannot survive without folks building and creating and, and doing things. So, uh, there needs to be this big shift. And when I and I talk to groups, I have the educators who just kind of stare at me with a blank look. And then I've got the business folks, the blue collar folks who said, yes, finally, somebody understands that we're the ones, we are the foundation and bedrock of our communities. And so we need to have this major shift that happens in our schools to give these kids the, the realization that however God created you, you matter. The world needs you. Whatever giftedness that you have and how, however you think, there's a place for you in our society and in our communities. Um, and, and it is a shift. I've been banging my head against the wall like this for, for 15 years, and I'm amazed at the number of folks and the shift that's happening that we're realizing You know that in a, in a way COVID did us a favor because we asked the question, what jobs are essential? And I still remember when President Trump came on and said, hey, we're shutting down society except for essential workers. Then my question was like, well, who's essential? And our, mm. and our guys in the shop floor, who's essential? And when we started thinking like, who's building the cardboard boxes? Who's, who's providing all the medical things? You know, whether it's the clothes or the beds, who's transporting the food? Who's fixing the trucks? Who's gassing those trucks? I mean, on and on and on. And when we start realizing the symphony of what I call the marketplace, all the different jobs that are necessary for us just to have a functioning society, pretty much every job's essential. And we, we need to get back to realizing that. Okay, this is really so cool. When you go to build something, say I'm I'm like a rabbit. So <clears throat> I have now you have shot me off in a direction. I am on buildsummarines.com and I am clicking around and in South Dakota, I could go to work for Caterpillar in Rapid City yeah. or yeah. Park Hannafin in Yankton. Um in yeah. North Dakota, I could go uh go to Minot or Grand Forks or Jamestown or Fargo, and there would be um, an opportunity for me to be a part of building the next generation of American submarines. Like, okay, you can click yeah, on an yeah. interactive map, and then you yeah. can say to yourself, okay, I live in Fargo. Um, this They need um, permanent full-time uh, people. Like, this yeah. is what they need. They're going to modernize the the M365. I don't know what that is, but there you go. You could be a part of it today. 
Well, the crazy okay, thing wait a second. The pay range yeah. is 105 to 162 grand. Okay, to yeah. 218 grand. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. I might want to move to Fargo <laughs> and start building submarines. Well, the crazy thing too is in Philadelphia, they built a facility that you can get accelerated six week training that the Navy will pay for, for you to get skilled in met- metrology and machining, ex- welding, etc. They will pay for that and then help you get a job in these different different companies across the country and you don't actually have to like go into the navy no no this is the navy recognized you know they they, so (laughs) interesting they they woke me up and realized you know world war ii was won not so much by the soldiers which were obviously very important but it was the industrial manufacturing base that if we didn't have folks here at home building stuff we would have never won world war ii and we're on that same precipice right now that if we don't raise up our manufacturing base as a deterrence to our enemies, um, we're not going to survive. I mean, it sounds it sounds kind of scary, but it's the reality. Rosie the Riveter. That's who you're yes. talking about. Yeah. Rosie yeah. the Riveter. All right. We need a renewal <laughs> of Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. High-tech right? Rosie Riveters. Yeah. yeah. Kids yeah. who she- can be phenomenal at playing Video games are probably really good machinists um, because they can do all the programming, three D modeling, and so on. Um, but yeah, you're you're right on, Carmen. It's it's ex- the opportunities out there for our students coming up. And if you're a parent out there listening, like, what am my kid going to do? We can't afford college, four year university. There are so many other career paths for these kids that that are so fulfilling and so exciting. Um, our shop right now, I, I've got a our average age in our shop right now is twenty eight years old. And people are like, how in the world do you get all these kids? And these these are the kids that have been overlooked, taken for granted. They don't have much of a future. D students in most of their other classes, but you get in the shop class, you get them in a manufacturing facility, and they're absolutely brilliant. Mm. It's just so, um, it's just awesome. Um, Dave, thank you. Everything good? Oh. I mean, you know, at home with the kids, with the grandkids, yeah, all the people? Yeah, four new grandkids, all the uh, kids and Daughter-in-laws are phenomenal, incredibly blessed, and and I'm just, you know, I think this is the best time of my life right now because I'm seeing the opportunity for so many kids to be transformed. It's like God has prepared and laid the soil um, for so many, so many in our generation to mentor the next generation. I'm finding that that older folks like us want to mentor, and the younger kids, you know, that we often look down on them, but they want to be mentored. They want us to invest our lives into them, and, and they just soak it up. So I just encourage our list, your listeners to, you know, to, to take a look and say, how can I invest in this next generation? On the shop floor, just regular blue-collar guys. We have so much to offer um, and gals to this next generation. They'll just soak it up. It's so fantastic. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. We love catching up with you. Um, come back again, okay? Always a pleasure, Carmen. Thank you so much. Likewise. That's Dave Haytag. You can find him at Edgerton Gear if you're in the neighborhood. Um, you can find him online, craftsmanwithcharacter.org. You, you know, he's not actually like online, but you can get to him and the information through that website because um, he's on the shop floor doing his thing. What are you out there doing today? How are you um, not only building into the next generation, but actively building uh, the kingdom, advancing it always and in all ways? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Okay, yes, there are tons of opportunities in Minnesota. 
for the person who just asked. There's actually, if you go to this interactive map at buildsummarines.com, there's so many opportunities in Minnesota that I can't even click on all of them. So, um, yeah, I, it, there's an opportunity where you are. So if you've got a young person in your life who, um, you know, just not going to head to college, that's not what they're going to do. Help them find a path forward that's positive, that um, where their gifts, talents, and abilities can be used in positive ways. Um, and maybe it is in a trade, um, which would you know be such a blessing and serve all of us um, because we have great need of, um, of folks uh, doing these things. All right. We got another hour together up next. Thank you so much um, for sharing this time with me. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.